0: welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon.
1: I'm Jordan Graham.
2: And I'm Allie.
0: And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. Um, So just as a reminder, we did mention this at the end of our previous episode, but we are skipping episode 15, The Benders. So if you're jumping into this wondering if you missed an episode, you did not. We decided to skip that one because it really doesn't add a lot of narrative or thematic content that isn't already discussed more adeptly and more efficiently in other episodes for example we already know that dean and sam would pretty much do anything for each other we already understand that that edges into you know the realm of a morally gray area pretty frequently for example in faith And the story itself, the narrative itself of the episode, while it does try to deal with the idea of the monster within humanity or the evil within humanity, it does so in a really offensive way. via the cannibal hillbilly bullshit that it pulls. So, you know, whereas there are interesting narrative things or thematic things to talk about in some of the other episodes like this that are really kind of offensive, uh, such as Route 666 or Bugs, those episodes actually add some level of content that is worth teasing out. This one does not. So (laughs) we're just... We're just skipping right over it.
1: Well, nice. Well, let's get into the episode then.
0: Okay. Well, today's episode is season one, episode 16, Shadow, the one where the boys are blinded by the light. This episode was written by Eric Kripke and directed by Kim Manners. It originally aired on February 28th, 2006.
1: Nice. So uh, this opens up in Chicago, Illinois. Yes. I really appreciated this opening. I can tell Meredith, the girl we are introduced to, who is kind of being, she thinks she's being stalked on her way home. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely get big Gemini vibes from her. <laughs> what? <laughs> She has a lot going on aesthetically here. Mm. Okay,
0: I wrote down so much about her fit, though. Yeah, So much. She is definitely in her time, but in, like, yes. a really good way, mm-hmm. I think. And also in a way that's very aesthetically different than some of the other women who are wearing outfits, like, in their time. Like, Cassie was wearing a very, like, period-appropriate, yeah. mm-hmm. like, I definitely knew people who dressed like that. But that was, like, those were, like, the it-girl looks. Mm-hmm. Meredith would have been one of my
1: friends. <laughs> yes. yeah. So I kind of liked that she was kind of like this half ass goth kind of going with like her camo shirt. But then she had yeah, like
0: and the and the big cargo pants. The big
1: cargo pants, mm. the dyed black hair that we were all doing back then.
0: Oh yeah. Aggressively straightened. Too. Aggressively
1: straightened. But then she had like boho kind of elements as well. Like she had that like boho kind of um hippie cardigan sleeveless cardigan on over it all
0: there and the the really thin blue scarf and the the olive green that that the olive and or army green jacket thing
1: she was like a goth who just walked through like a farmer's market (laughs) how they always have those booths that sell like the the homemade clothing oh my
0: god yeah that
1: is like the total vibe but while all listening to (laughs) bluegrass in her little ipod yes it was great
0: (laughs) she you know she knows what she likes Mm -hmm. and she doesn't care which is why i disagree with you and i think she's probably an aquarius oh yeah i definitely get aquarius too
1: either way she had way too many keys
2: (laughs) oh my god the keys fucking killed me is she a a landlord like well
0: they do discuss later that she works at that bar so yes. if, she, if she has to work opening or
2: closing, she may need to have multiple sets of keys. I don't know. I've worked at places where I needed a fuck ton of keys and I just kept them on a separate key ring. But maybe it's because I'm paranoid about getting murdered. And I listen to too much group <laughs> cry <creature laughs> that I would never stand out there with 12 keys.
1: Maybe some are aesthetic keys. It might be a <gasps> oh, thing. Like I'm that. cool with that.
0: Yeah. That well, is an Aquarius thing maybe she's like actually a lesbian like
2: did we mm. see th-
0: if the key ring was like on a big carabiner like maybe she's <laughs> oh got God. like some really heavy full with keys carabiner and like that's you know that's her flagging
1: could be well meredith <laughs> we're sorry you had to die <laughs> You were an interesting character for the five seconds. Oh, did you see? see She
0: also had that um, canvas, the green canvas shoulder bag with the red cross on Mm it that every fucking person
2: I knew had. Yeah, it looks like almost a Swiss Army bag. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think they are a thing anymore. But I remember military supply stores being a big thing growing up. There was one on High Street here in Columbus, and people used to always go shopping for Mm -hmm. aesthetic clothing there.
0: That's weird.
1: Yeah.
2: I, I've been there in the last decade.
0: Get, there, get stuff from there for, like, um, like camping. It yeah. It's, like, yeah. the practical. But.
2: Yeah, they have camping, they have, like, military clothes, and they have a fuck ton of flags.
1: Ugh. Oh, wait, she had a <laughs> kind of, like, trip pants on, too.
2: Mm-hmm. No, they were just huge cargo,
0: cargo. pants. That's why cargo I agree pants. with you that she was, like, sort of a half-ass goth, because they weren't, like, quite trip pants. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they were, like if you weren't looking you could mistake them for
2: it. they were definitely cargo pants i think also she was so skinny they almost looked like trip pants yeah that
1: could. Have she been was it. like
0: as skinny as that one character in um in wendigo oh
1: i don't yes. know if anyone
0: is that level yeah i also just want to say that i love the fucking her death scene Yes. i love her death mm-hmm. scene it's so fucking campy oh my
1: god the message on the phone that was like i'm sorry <laughs> that guy ripped your heart out and then there's a, literally the heart splatter on the yeah. wall it's yes. so good
2: i love how i've never seen jeepers creepers but i'm pretty sure this is just the plot of jeepers creepers
1: how'd you get those peepers
2: <laughs> what
1: <laughs> jeepers creepers what? how'd you get those eyes it's song from Jeepers Creepers.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't seen it. I, I, I don't know I anything think you're the about only one that's Creepers. Seen it.
1: I haven't seen it since I was like seven, but I used to sing it to horrify my brother <gasps> oh my when we were kids. That's so. what I did
2: with the ring. I would put my like long dark straight hair in front of my face and creep around corners. Ooh, that's oh the my best. god! It was great. Um, I do give her props because when I first saw those keys, I was so mad. I'm like, this is not someone who listens to true crime. But then she has an alarm system. So props to her.
1: Well, and like the keys weren't going to help her anyways. So literally nothing yeah. was going to help her from
2: this Freddy Krueger lookalike.
1: The shadow of Freddy Krueger.
2: Yeah, the shadow of Freddy Krueger yeah, had those long <laughs> nails. Yeah. <Y'all. laughs> Freddy is, like,
0: the one out of those classic horror movies that actually still, like, really bothers me.
2: Really? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's because it's an invasion of your unconscious mind. Yeah. Like, I hide inside of myself (laughs) (laughs) when I wish to avoid things.
1: That's so unfortunate because the uh, original, I haven't seen it in forever, but I remember it accidentally being incredibly gay. Kind of oh, like Supernatural. No, I'm, not,
0: oh. I'm not saying that I don't like it. I, like, I really like it. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it just scares you? Yeah. Mm. That's how I am with Venom. Nothing should have a time like that. me and Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- wait, what did you say?
1: I have a weird fear of <laughs> Abraham Lincoln.
2: Okay, I'm going to put a
0: pin in that. We're gonna get to that in a second, <laughs> Allie. You're correct.
2: Nothing should Thank have you. a tongue like that and move upside down like that with How, that tongue. No.
0: However,
2: I love Venom. I that love whole the character. Plot.
1: Yeah, yeah. The,
2: but it's so fucking terrifying. And my nephew will run up to me with one to scare me.
1: Also, I don't know. I'm willing to see if that tongue will do things.
2: <gasps> Jordan, <laughs> my soul m- left my body a little. Um us all
0: revealing we're monster fuckers actually <laughs> in separate episodes what was i talking about earlier fucking ghosts in one yeah. one time now yes. you're like i need to fuck venom, venom. who's like an
2: alien i'm well, pretty sure jordan just fucks abraham lincoln he likes being scared okay no. that's right what's your deal with abraham
0: lincoln
1: i don't know why But something about Abraham Lincoln has always just made me feel really uneasy. Mm -hmm. I think it was because there was that famous picture of like a ghost hunter got with like, this is definitely the ghost of Abraham Lincoln. And I don't know, maybe it's because I'm incredibly tall and people who are taller than me, like I'm not used to it. (laughs) And I feel uneasy when I see it. But something about just the visage, especially like the ghastly visage of Abraham Lincoln, (laughs) just always freaks me the fuck out. Don't know what it is, but my skin crawls.
0: I love that phrasing, the ghastly visage (laughs) of Abraham
1: Lincoln. If
2: I ever need to get a stripper for an event for you you bet your fucking ass it's gonna be abraham lincoln that's cruel
1: don't put him on stilts and i think we'll be fine (laughs)
2: no i'm gonna request he's at least seven feet tall plus the y'all are y'all
0: are
1: Mm.
2: i don't like this
1: even (laughs) i'm now
2: uncomfortable
1: (laughs) and i
0: do not have a weird illogical fear of abraham lincoln
2: (laughs) speaking of amazing costuming
0: yes I love that they get to wear their little disguises. Yes. It's so cute. Their little tool belts.
2: I'm still convinced they're plumbers.
0: Okay. It literally has like some kind of, it It says like something electrical, blah, blah, blah on like their patch
2: Allie.
1: And we like when I worked at a bank for a long time and we had alarm technicians come in frequently and that is what they dress like.
2: Still think it's a bonnet. So cute.
1: I liked it. I really liked that scene. Um, I will say Dean put a lot of emphasis on, like, the disguise. I'm like, this isn't the first time they've done this. They've done it at least once before.
2: They had, like, the suits And Dean's pissed that it's not a better outfit. That's what I love. Yeah, 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 Mm. yeah.
0: He's not, like...
2: He calls them stupid costumes and is like, why the hell do we have to wear these? Yeah. So I love that for him. Yeah, it's just,
0: like, pure vanity. Yes. It's
1: just,
0: like, looking good is important to
1: me. Especially, like, I actually... Like that line, because Dean also kind of enjoys the con. Mm-hmm. yeah, so I feel like he puts a lot of effort into his con, so I yeah.
0: and and like, despite the fact that um he like complains about the costumes, he does get really into it mm-hmm. when they're in the apartment. Why does Sam
2: look like fucking coconut head, though?
0: I think his hair is like flat ironed or something a little bit mm-hmm. in this episode. And mm-hmm. it is very strange. Also, boy needs a trim his split ends everywhere i could not focus when he was like talking half the time i was like scissors now (laughs) gotta take care of that hair
1: well he gets some split ends in his face later
0: oh jordan (laughs) okay but still talking about that scene where they're sort of like you know playfully sniping Mm -hmm. at each other I love the bit where Dean is like teasing Sam about like being a theater kid or doing like the play or whatever (laughs) because it becomes really apparent that Dean went and saw the play, which I think is really sweet.
1: Well, especially like up until this point, we've kind of gotten this like view of the family that really hunting was what they did Mm -hmm. and anything that Sam had shown interest in was kind of frowned upon. So the fact that Sam did this, he did this play. We don't know if John went to see it. I'm assuming not because he's an asshole. But like, it it kind of shows that Dean was probably pretty supportive of Mm -hmm. Sam. Like all thrusters. Yeah. Enough to
0: years
2: later, remember the name of the Mm -hmm. play. That's adorable. Especially
1: that's an obscure ass play.
2: Right. (laughs) To me, I took it as um, like how Dean he wasn't allowed to do these things and he's really interested in them and he's into costuming and playing a part. And so it's really sad that he's like, oh, you were the one who did this when in reality, he just- Oh, so you're reading some sour grapes into this. And not even just like, I don't think he's bitter. I think he's like a little envious and a little sad that he couldn't have been.
1: Well, that's kind of been a theme Mm -hmm. with their dynamic this whole time too. I think Dean sees- Sam as like having these opportunities. And, like, not necessarily wanting them, but kind of being a little jealous that he got the choice to have them. Yes, exactly. Whereas Sam, I think, kind of wants Dean to explore these things. Mm -hmm. But there's too many ghosts to hunt. We got a ghost every episode.
2: We don't this time. Maybe
1: they're kind of ghosts. No, they're They're not.
0: not. They're specifically, they have a name. Mm -hmm. They're specifically named as Davos. And they explain that they're really old Zoroastrian. Zoroastrian. Am I saying that correctly? Yes. Zoroastrian demons. Oh. Which would be a good tie-in for Allie to start talking
2: about the lore. The lore. I looked into Davis, and they are Zoroastrian. (laughs) Snaps for Supernatural for, like, getting one fucking thing right. Woo! Um, So Zoroastrian is a super old religion, one of the oldest in the world. And it's based on an Iranian-speaking prophet... The whole thing is about the duality of cosmic good and evil. Oh,
0: you said prophet. Sorry. On the altar, mm-hmm. on Meg's altar later in the episode, there's an um, oracle card. Yeah. yeah. There's an oracle card with a figure on it who uh, looks kind of like a, a reaper, a grim reaper, mm. but it says on the
2: card, the prophet. Mm. So That ties in. Yo.
1: Interesting. <laughs>
2: And so, we're not really sure if these originally, like, way back when, were actually evil. Obviously, as things get translated and misinterpreted, it becomes a little less clear. But at least in the time period we're dealing with, they're seen as evil. And it may be translated as gods who are to be rejected. So, it's basically vile gods who b- bring chaos and destruction. It's created from the evil thoughts of Adramon, who is the demon of all demons, for the purpose of waging war against good and humanity. And when Zaraster was born, they go into hiding because he's the new prophet. I see. Um, they originate in the north, which is the direction in, of evil in that society, which I thought was fascinating. Hmm. And. Most, so most powerful are known by names. So this is kind of like how we have demons where this is like a classification. Mm -hmm. And then if you're a more famous one, a more famous deva, um, you have an actual name you're known by. And along with this, I was like, hmm, what could I add that's like more concrete? So I wrote down steps to summon a demon. Oh my God. So we have... Six quick and easy steps. Oh my god. For your common demon summoning occurrence.
0: I'm just gonna say right now,
2: don't try and summon demons. Okay, go ahead, Ali. Oh yeah. I would never do this, nor do I recommend you doing. But I think. But anyway, welcome steps. to
1: Ali's TED Talk on demon summoning 101.
2: <laughs> Step one. Name the demon. Common name for type or use a specific name for a specific demon.
1: Karen should work.
2: Karen, <laughs> that would be a demon type. Great example. <laughs> Step two, clear the space. Make sure it's open and unhostile to not scare the demon unless you're trying to bind the demon and then make it as scary and intimidating as possible. So some In-Yan
1: in the background, got it.
2: yeah, in the background. And we don't want him to be distracted. So make sure it's nice and clear. Step three. A sacrifice is optional. But it
1: but, helps.
2: But recommended. <laughs> <laughs> a sacrifice will help distract your demon or entertain him. Mm. Basically, the whole thing, be a good host to your demon. Yeah, that's Roo kind of the vibe him. I'm getting, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you want to set up a nice space, know him by name, give him a little present, and then step four, Speak the name, and depending on personality, know who you are wooing. You are going to either request, cajole, or demand presence. (laughs) Step five, once he's there win him over Mm. offer more in the future don't give up all your tricks to the trade yet lure him in so that he knows you have stuff to offer in the future
1: why does this sound like a 50s training video on like how to secure a husband
2: (laughs) it feels so (laughs) much like it and then finally step six if you don't bind him you can't dismiss him (laughs) <laughs> so you might want to consider binding so you can get rid of this motherfucker um mm-hmm. if not i guess just like walk away you can also leave more sacrifices so that he's distracted while you get the fuck out Distraction. of there somebody else's problem got <laughs> someone it someone else's problem yeah <laughs> unleash this great terror and then tiptoe on your way out yeah and if nothing's in the space you can't trip over something so you have a clear exit. Oh,
0: hey. So uh,
2: step two is actually multi-purpose. Multi-purpose. <laughs> and these are just your six easy steps for a demon summoning. Please do not do so. But if you do, here are the tips from a website. Also, it is in the sources.
1: Yeah, if you do use proper adult supervision.
2: Yeah. Treat your demon nice. Oh, my God. Take him out. Show him what you've got, but not all. you got to have him come back for more
0: okay <laughs> all right
1: that was an interesting piece of lore
0: um I was really amused that they brought up werewolves during like the crime scene thing I, I was like they, was they are just episode. they were just teasing Jordan I was
1: like so ready for it Speaking of the crime scene, I'm very <laughs> glad that they showed us that the blood splatters were actually a symbol because they were like, she got eviscerated, <laughs> shredded to bits, and there were like six little blood droplets. Oh my god, yeah,
0: but, and then like, when they did the symbol or whatever in the tape, it wasn't even like, like there was blood splatters all outside <laughs> of where they taped too, so yeah. it just sort of looked like, they just... I don't know. It it was just so shoehorned. Yeah, and it was like so stupid. Why
1: would the, why would the demons leave that? They're yeah. like, I killed this bitch. TM. <laughs> and <then> right. Leave.
2: <laughs> they're like, let me just leave a little calling card. It's the Joker. <laughs> the, he has to like get credit <laughs> from his boo, Batman.
0: I will say though, I like that they did this um, because they're trying to be like, look, Dean mm-hmm. has a brain.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I enjoy when the writing is like, do you remember that Dean is actually smart, yeah. despite the fact that he's being very foolish these 45 <laughs> minutes?
1: I um, thought that with that, and actually kind of this episode as a whole, they actually set up the brothers, and even though I don't like him, John, as kind of like a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like that. Like, they kind of showed that, like, the forces of darkness are, like, scared of these people.
2: That's so funny, because in my notes, I have, is this Scooby-Doo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, different I, points, like when they're climbing the elevator. Yeah. Different points have very different vibes, but I agree there is a part where it's it's kind of for the first time, you're like, oh, they, they do I, have some strength.
0: They do, but also, I take away the message that they don't really know what they're doing. Yeah, That's absolutely. the vibe that I got, is that they, they keep falling into mm-hmm. stuff, and I think we're probably getting ahead of ourselves, but the way Jeffrey Dean Morgan portrays John in this makes him seem very self-assured, and, like, Mm -hmm. um, the fact that he doesn't give a lot of information about what he's doing or planning emphasizes that Mm -hmm. but um overall i actually completely disagree (laughs) i thought they seemed really bumbling
1: well so it's not about like them and their actions it's more about like the reaction like Mm Meg warns like whoever she's talking to like we shouldn't do this now Mm -hmm. like the boys are in town i
2: thought that was a completely fabricated moment oh i didn't
1: really Hmm.
2: I took it how Jordan took it, and yeah, I thought it was interesting because we see from their perspective the whole time, so to see, at least in my mind, from a demon's perspective.
0: But, I mean, she did that whole performance yeah. for Sam to catch her, and so that she could trap the two of them. I don't know, let's, we'll get back to that yes. later. We're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. There was another thing in that crime scene that I really liked. Um, the bay windows? Yes. Actually, that was a really nice I really apartment. Liked, I was yeah. like, holy crap. Like, Sorry, she was probably spending so much money Ooh, on that. Yeah. Like, just from working one job at a bar, mm-hmm. her apartment has a security system. Yeah, mm-hmm. <sighs> Is the economy really that much worse now? <laughs> <laughs> or is this just totally unrealistic? I don't know. Probably both. <laughs> but Dean has this line where he's, like, responding to the landlady who is a recurring actress in *Battlestar Galactica*? By the way. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> he goes. Uh, We—that's what we're here for—to see what went wrong and to stop it from happening again. Mm. And I really liked that line in the context of like um, theater and plays and the mm. con, obfuscation and shadow being part of the themes of the episode. Allie's looking at me like, "Shut up."
2: I've heard those okay, two words. Okay,
0: but listen. <laughs> Because he's telling the truth, but it, you know, it emphasizes Mm -hmm. the lie and the disguise of what they're doing, the con.
2: I'm not saying you're wrong.
0: I just really like that
2: word, okay? (laughs) The whole time we were watching it, Jasper kept whispering that. The whole time we were prepping the mics, Jasper kept saying that. Revelation versus obfuscation. So I sound like a dick who's just like, that's a dumb word. (laughs) Whatever
1: i like it well the best lies are rooted in truth yeah. they're good at what they do mm-hmm. they're as good as boobs on a man i'm taking that phrase back
0: oh my god
1: <laughs> as a boobied man
0: oh my god <laughs> jordan
1: my boobs are useful okay <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what to do now i don't either oh
0: Okay, well, anyway, let's move on <laughs> to the next scene where they go to the bar. <laughs> the way this scene starts is really cringy to me because it's so close to the previous scene where dean was also doing this ridiculous mm-hmm. showboating about women liking him or whatever mm-hmm. uh and we don't even get this woman's name so, like at least the police
2: officer had a name yeah which like was amy. amy yeah yeah it's always like i'm a straight man i really like women women like me did you hear i'm straight yeah exer- it's just so so straight look how many women are falling yeah. all over me the more you have to say it the more i'm concerned About your closeted sexuality.
0: Also, I think it's of note that he remembered the previous person's sun sign. And I don't know if he's brought up the Mm. fact that he's an Aquarius yet in this season. But he definitely brings it up purposely in season two. And, like, sorry, but astrology is a gay thing. so mm, (laughs) So gay. Not fooling anyone, honey.
1: So I just want to know from a writer's perspective... What was, what were they trying to accomplish with making Dean so fucking annoying this episode? Yeah,
0: for real though. Like, I have said this before. I'm a Dean apologist, but he was really fucking annoying Mm -hmm. in this episode. I just wanted to be like, shh, 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 stop be quiet
1: (laughs) it was like every line that he said in this whole episode at least in the first i would say half of it was written i would say three like three three
0: quarters Mm -hmm.
1: until john shows up like everything seems like it was written by a 13 year old boy
2: yes yeah Yeah, it's
1: like boobies ladies
2: i forgot he's the older brother because it's so like give me attention yeah yeah Well, I will say the sort of clowning behavior does support trauma and ADHD background reading of him.
0: Yeah. 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 Sorry. I just having ADHD, my brain went blank for a second (laughs) when you put down that jar. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, it does support a a textual reading of him as being neurodivergent. Mm -hmm. Just with the, you know, the clownery, the general...
2: Not being able to shut his mouth. Yeah, no one will tell me that he's not a neurodivergent by chaotic king. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's just (laughs) canon. If you watch the show, how can you not? He needs a
1: t-shirt that says that. That's a title. I love that. (laughs) I don't know. A lot of times, like, a lot of his behavior can kind of be explained. Like, he's made comments like these before, and it's usually, like, to cheer Sam up. Mm. Or, like... yeah. Genuine interest from him We're getting neither here Yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah, it just feels like he's like Pestering him a lot
1: I feel like this was just a very Sam focused episode They're like we gotta do something with Dean Dean makes jokes
0: (laughs) Yeah (laughs) (laughs) Dean also makes really Interested, expressive eyebrow faces when Meg brings up handsome actors is the other thing, though. Because, like, there's all this fucking showboating around what a flirt he is and, like, how much he fucks the women, only the women. And then,
2: um, females. (laughs) This is a writing where it would be females. Females. Uh,. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> the the
0: mouth feel of that word <laughs> just I uh, cringe. Anyway, so there's all of that crap going on, mm-hmm. and then Meg is like, "Oh, I met Chad Michael Murray randomly," and <laughs> the camera. Why? Why does it go immediately to Dean, who's like all interested and alight, like yeah. he watches like whatever which show was it that, One tree hill yeah like he watches one tree hill like he's a fan of that first of all which is like very girly but second of all he's like extremely interested in this very very handsome man oh you know what else he was in um gilmore girls and he was in uh, a cinderella story
1: mm, yeah
0: incredible anyway i'm just saying like he's disastrously bisexual mm-hmm. in this episode yes Speaking of sexuality, can we talk about Sam's sexuality?
1: Yes, absolutely. I don't know. It's kind of like a focal point of this episode. It's actually, I don't know. We had kind of like disagreed about this because the whole like peeping in the window scene that was after this, I know we had kind of like had different opinions on.
0: I think that was, I think he is not interested. He Mm -hmm. he is immediately suspicious of Meg. Yes. You'll recall. Yeah. And, you know, he wants to know what's like mm-hmm. going on with her like he is more interested in figuring out all of this stuff mm-hmm. with his life and i think throughout the episode he views sex and sexuality as a distraction mm-hmm. yes like in the way that he and not just in the way that he is not interested in meg but mm-hmm. also in the way that he's dismissive of dean talking mm-hmm. about sex constantly yes. or implicitly anyway
1: i got that exact same read of like He truly was just focused on like what is going on with Megan. Well, for one, at first, I thought they were going to take this in a different direction because we had just had like a psychic episode from Mm, Sam. Yeah. And I thought maybe he was going to start getting some psychic tinglings related to Meg, but that didn't happen. But it's already been proven that Sam has pretty strong Mm -hmm. intuition. It was just that window scene I understand that he was just trying to figure out what was going on, but he, like, lasered focused, he, like, hunched over... To like watch her getting changed.
2: See what I took it as was like later she says she knew he was there. Yeah. And she does all the sexualizing of the situation. So yeah. Yes. I took it as her doing that. And to me, like they're hunting monsters. He wants like sometimes you have to look and see. Yeah. Like what's going on? And I know she has a tattoo on her back, so I think that could be. Yeah. Like him looking isn't like I don't want to say like people should go stare at people changing like that's yeah. not okay. But in this fictional universe when he is it felt like he was maybe doing more investigating of looking if there was anything obscure if there were any tattoos or markings or things like that
0: yeah and i think you know attached to that scene there's also the woman who like calls him out in the car Mm -hmm. for spying and I think that moment is really indicative of the rest of the episode where how Sam is having sexuality pushed upon him. Like that woman is saying, I know what you're up to, but Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm really not. And like his brother is like, oh, you really have something going on with this person. And he's like, I really don't. And then of course, like Meg actually sexually assaults him. So, which was really, really, I find it really, really disturbing I don't know. I tend to be more sensitive to that than a lot of, like, average TV watchers, I think. But that
2: whole bleh is so gross. Mm -hmm. Well,
1: and I don't really think it needed to be there either. I don't know.
2: You can have, if you want this, like, flirtation or this connection, it doesn't have to be in a scene where he's literally tied up in front of his brother and she's like straddling him straddling him and licking his neck yeah it was just uncomfortable overall um and i really think it was just a strange way of portraying it
1: so i actually felt like the sex element was just really amped up in this episode just overall yeah overall and and like i felt like they were trying to push that as a way to like because we're in the midpoint of the first season. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like they're like, let's turn up the sex this episode mm-hmm. and like get these viewers in. And, and it did not land how they wanted it to land. It was really uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: Aww. I I do see a specific use for that moment. And it's to obfuscate. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: Lord. <laughs> if I
0: had a dollar. Uh, anyway, it, it, it was purposely a distraction mm-hmm. so that they could get themselves free in the moment but i feel like you know there's plenty of other writing choices they could have mm-hmm. made um yeah. instead of having sam who whose um you know agency and bodily autonomy is a problem already in this season you mm-hmm. know like the the demon blood yes. thing w- when he was a baby like mm-hmm. he didn't decide that that you know that was decided for him getting pushed back into hunting and mm-hmm. whatever he doesn't really decide that and then and then this assault is just very well it's gross
1: so there's like uh, like how it affects Sam too but also from like a writing standpoint the like oversexed woman who like uses sexuality as a weapon to get yeah. what she wants is yeah. so fucking overdone and offensive too yeah.
2: And it makes me so angry because it's like, oh, we have a morally corrupt woman. Gotta make her hypersexual. Yeah. How else would we show? But it's also the show does a really fucking horrible job of writing any woman i would say yeah so i think sadly it feeds into any tropes because there is no
1: depth Well, especially like meg slits people's throats and murders people she doesn't have to use her vagina (laughs) to like yeah fucking lure people and she's smart (laughs) and like capable
0: i will say though uh you know in uh scarecrow she does use her sexuality to kill people. Like, of course she just straight up slits her throats, but she uses the perception that she's a vulnerable woman to play on, Mm -hmm. like, a power dynamic wherein this dude, this rando, thinks they're gonna fuck. Yeah. You know, so... I would say that they start out pretty strong True. with her as a
2: evil, horny lady, yeah. and I liked it there because it felt like a commentary on society and using like the shittiest of, mm, shittiness yeah. of men to your advantage. But here, it's just like assaulting a man. Like, that's yeah, like he yeah, he has no agency in this. He doesn't open the door. He doesn't expect the sex. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then after that too which I think also is a
0: problem of patriarchy affecting writing, they don't check in with him to be yeah. like, are you okay? Like, it's joked about. Like, Dean is like, get a room in the moment. And then afterwards, he's like, don't hook up with crazy chicks. And like, which, that's a whole other can of worms. Mm, yes. the, the crazy women thing. But but yeah, like, no one is like, are you okay? That was gross, you know? And it just really bothers me, like that
2: would be traumatizing,, yeah, yeah I thought this shows how toxic masculinity hurts both sides, like, yeah. when people say toxic masculinity, specifically males who don't believe it's a thing like are so I'm, sorry, I'm like I'm just no. laughing because you're saying males
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm
2: reclaiming <laughs> can he? okay, no, I don't even do it consciously.
1: I can expound on that a little bit because mm-hmm. it's actually kind of related to, like, something... I'm not going to go into detail, but, like, with YouTube drama that's going mm. on right now, especially... Are you for
0: real, Jordan? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's serious YouTube drama. It's not, like... Okay. But um, there's been kind of a thing, and this isn't me comparing in, in, any victim who has it worse than one another, but there has been people looking and discussing um, assault against men currently mm-hmm. and how it's still today, like, really belittled. Yeah. And trivialized. Um, and that's something that's being discussed at the moment right now. So it's something that's obviously been happening. We like actually see it yeah, emotion cause, here. because the
0: idea is still mm-hmm. pervasively is that men want sex all the time. Yeah. No matter what the situation. Mm-hmm. And that's so clearly untrue.
1: What's well, also you're not supposed to show weakness as yeah. a man too. Oh yeah, that and having, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's so many layers.
2: Yeah. I feel like when men get afraid at the idea of like, oh, you can't take masculinity away from us. It's such a positive thing. I'm like, no, no, it's hurting you too. Like, look at how it's hurting men because toxic masculinity doesn't just mean it's hurting women. It means it's toxic and corrupts all of it so really by addressing that you're helping everyone in the end like it needs to be seen as just something that hurts people yeah the same way that
0: like misogyny hurts Mm -hmm. everyone regardless of gender yes
2: yeah
1: so don't you don't have to answer this question if you don't too you and both the audience can just give me a knowing look but Dean does say Sam sure has a thing for the bad girls. Is like bad women are evil women being pushed on Sam. Is that going to be a running theme in this series? So I'm kind of getting a vibe that it might be. We're just going to watch the
0: show. Okay. But I will remind you that <laughs> Jess seemed to be relatively normal. Yes. And uh, what was her name? In Hookman. What was that character's oh, name? Oh, I forget. Uh. I
1: could go back and find it, but.
0: Yeah, too many one off
1: yeah.
2: female characters. I will remind you that the positive females in Sam's life do not last more than an episode. Ah, yes, the penis of death.
1: <laughs> the mm-hmm. Penis of
2: death. <laughs> that was a little spoilery for Jordan, but oh well.
1: now yeah, we, we've already talked about the penis of death.
0: Oh, have we? hmm. Oh, whoops. <laughs> well, forget it. Whatever her name was there was sort of a dichotomy of her character where she she was the villain. She was yes. the one that was killing people, mm-hmm. but she's also like the perfect church girl or yes. whatever. So do with that what you will. You got one normal one, one that's really repressed and one that is a rapist. So, oh
1: boy, <laughs>
0: <laughs> a rapist and a murderer. <laughs> just you know, whatever you want to make of that, <laughs>
2: we'll just see for where the, it goes. The murdering shitty males, though, <laughs> true. Yeah, no, Ooh, I had no pass. problem
0: with that. Like the way those dudes and the like, creeper vans were like leering at her, mm-hmm. I was like, kill that man, oh, absolutely. but do it, do it. I'll give you the knife. <laughs>
1: Oh, Sam is really strong to climb that hole.
0: Oh Oh, yeah! Oh my god! And it's not just the upper body strength; it's like the hand, like grip strength too.
1: Yeah, like there is no platforms or anything that shows he like suspended himself for like fifteen minutes just watching Meg, just chilling.
2: Yeah, hanging out. He's like a little groundhog. He just like peeps.
0: Oh my god! (laughs) Sam, when is spring going to come?
1: (laughs) So will emerge
0: from the shadow of winter into the light of spring (laughs) spring. (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry jordan what were you saying before i made that horrible joke
1: so while meg was being gross there's also there's a moment when sam before they get tied up asks meg why she's doing this Mm -hmm. and she says for the same reason for love and loyalty just like you and I thought that that was thematically pretty interesting for this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's something we've kind of glossed over. But this whole time, like, we've seen Sam as being really distant from his father and kind of knowing, especially mm-hmm. in the Faith episode, like, that his father's kind of an asshole and maybe he's not worth putting this energy into. But, and Dean is the one who, like, seems to kind of need him. Mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting how they they do this a lot they like invert those mm-hmm. expectations yep. um,
0: yeah it, it is like that comment
2: was directed at sam not a dean yeah yes and i i love that part it's so deep and rich and then sam flat out says he has a knife and headbutts a demon i just want to mention how well they didn't they didn't know that at that point they thought she they think she's a person yes yeah, they still think she's a person. they haven't revealed oh, that she's dead. a demon oh well I don't know, still stab her. Like, headbutt is the least effective thing. You have a knife. You don't have to stab her in the throat. I
1: think they knew that over anything, flipping the altar was kind of how to handle this situation. Yeah,
2: I just think headbutting can go very wrong.
1: Well, and they showed that with Sam being like, oh.
2: But I'm just like, that was not a big brain moment for the smart one, quote
0: unquote. Yeah. I mean, he was just in a really... Tense situation, and I think there's also the mm. fact that because they think she's a human being, they're loath to
2: kill people. Yes. Stab her in the leg. True.
1: I actually thought that's what they were gonna do.
2: Yeah, it would have worked so easily, and yeah, you don't have with, to murder, right? Her
0: leg was already over top of mm-hmm. him; it would be easy to get to. I generally I agree, but I understand why that mm. would happen in the scene.
2: So I feel hand wavy about it we do know he has a neanderthal forehead so it's probably oh no it's like a rock in a very handsome way
0: (laughs) yeah i was gonna say Allie, don't
2: (laughs) don't be on here calling people ugly (laughs) no i don't even mean he's ugly he just has a very prominent forehead in a very masculine not ugly way (laughs) but it it looks like it would be hard oh my goodness Um,
0: Since we were talking about uh, Meg and loyalty and love, Mm -hmm. we've already discussed before in Scarecrow Mm -hmm. how she's sort of mirroring the relationship between Mm. uh, Dean and John. But I was interested in how that gets pushed in this as well because Sam witnesses her on the call or whatever. And Mm -hmm. she does do the yes sir thing, which they make a point to bring up later Mm -hmm. with the boys. And then he says that she looked like someone was giving her orders. And yeah. whenever they talk about being on the phone with John or conversations with him, it's all about orders, orders, orders. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we get this direct John demon mirror again.
1: I did notice the big parallels. Yeah, there. which I
0: don't think they've specifically poked at mm-hmm. since episode one. Nope. So yeah, it's been a minute. It has been a minute, but it's but it's also very obvious mm-hmm. here. In a way that I, I I love. Because it means we didn't need to have it sprinkled the whole mm. time. You're just like,
1: oh. Yeah, my actual question. This is, a, of course, my first time watch. But I still am biased just from like still seeing memes, talking to you two. My own life experience. We're all naturally biased in every way. But mm. do you think. <laughs> so true. <laughs> do you think that John. Do you think we're supposed to like him at this point?
2: i actually wanted to talk about that because i think this episode was the most pro john episode we've gotten yeah and i think they did a great job of characterizing the dad and having him come in as the hero but then at the end to still show that he's kind of a dick where you see the love and loyalty they have for him and how he cares in a way but not a proper way because they still say yes sir He brings up the fight, which is the last time he saw Sam, and then never apologizes. He brings that up in a way that's like, here's an issue I had with you it's been too long which puts the responsibility then on sam so i thought it was interesting how it could be so pro him in moments uh, yeah. but still show that he's not like the best
1: i agree one but the yes sir was like the obvious one that kind of like snapped me out of it but the other scene is the scene that we have with sam and dean where they actually for once the first time in this show Just say how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. Where Dean is like, I want us to all be together. I feel like in this episode, Dean is kind of choosing Sam over John. And that's something that we kind of get to see a little bit Mm -hmm. here for the first time.
0: Yeah, let's back up. Let's back up and let's talk about that whole scene, actually, where they're they're talking right before they're preparing to go in.
1: So yeah, they get in that fight because Meg lets Dean know that Sam had... Because remember at the bar meg like lays into dean and that's kind of what sets the scene up mm-hmm. um, yeah
0: and that's it the reaction there is really interesting yes. i think because he's bristling about it and he is like trying really hard to reject the idea that he does drag sam around mm-hmm. i think it's clear that he's like appalled by that yes. idea like he doesn't want that to be the case and i i don't know what to make of Sam's reaction in that Mm -hmm. moment and I was wondering what y'all thought because he immediately is like no 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 moving right along you know so is he just being like no that's not the case because I genuinely feel like I want to be here and I'm choosing to be here or is he just changing the subject because he wants to focus on what's going on because it serves his end goals
1: yes yeah, and yes. I will tell yes, you Boston. why <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yes
1: so I believe he was genuine in that moment he was like mm-hmm. we have already talked about this because they had a resolution in that episode in
0: mm-hmm. episode 11 Scarecrow yes
1: in Scarecrow but then later in the episode he views this as temporary he talks to Dean and is like yeah I'm gonna stick with you until we mm-hmm. kill this monster and Dean's like well what about after that and yeah. Sam's like I'm gonna go back to school so kind of both to be honest yeah
0: and i think it's interesting when dean is the one who brings up the dragging him around like luggage thing again and it really hammers home that he is concerned that that's what he's doing and that he feels Mm -hmm. guilty about it and he doesn't want sam to be along because he's being dragged he wants sam to want to be along
1: well and the interesting thing too about that this is the first time dean stops turns to sam and is like do you feel that way? Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, very emotionally mature Mm -hmm. move there, especially it's such an annoying Dean episode.
2: (laughs) 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 No, he's all over the place.
1: And then that's when they're like, okay, and it kind of, they're very open with each other Mm -hmm. this episode. It's kind of refreshing. Well,
0: I think there's a reason why they're very open in that moment. You know, they're prepping potentially to go kill Mm -hmm. the thing that killed their mom and killed Jess that they've been tracking that's basically ruined their life yeah and there's a possibility that they could die although they don't bring it up but it's pretty clear that they're worried about it because they're both like i'm not nervous
2: yeah
0: (laughs) so like i i think it's the well just in case
1: yeah so like we got to get it all out there and it was kind of interesting too because um they also had to talk about like what they want out of their relationship too Mm -hmm. with each other what their expectations are
0: yeah I love the whole discussion of their end goals, like Mm -hmm. what they want out of their lives and how they how they see themselves like self-actualizing is basically what that conversation comes down to. And Dean just can't come up with anything Mm -hmm. and just makes it 100 percent about what he doesn't want Mm -hmm. Sam to do. It's just I don't know. It hurts my heart.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah I think it's kind of like a learning process like this is something that won't be resolved in one fight it couldn't be um especially since they're not at the end they can't make those decisions so it seems like something that like maybe you vent to a friend about and then they hate that person and you're like no 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 it got better we're working on it like like make right. don't hate it's okay hold right.
0: your breath <laughs> yeah I also think it's really interesting, considering how we were talking about Sam's lack of agency and autonomy mm-hmm. um, that all of Sam's end goals have to do with asserting his mm-hmm. own autonomy and like his own desires and pursuing something for himself. It just again makes me sad,
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And even now, like he's still living for his father. It's yeah, very unfortunate,
0: yeah. Although I will say his sort of idea that he can just go back to normal after everything is very naive, especially considering that all of his friends probably think he fucking murdered his girlfriend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: I don't understand how... Like, um, in Skin, he's, like, keeping in touch with them via email, but that's not realistic. Like, sorry, but I'm sure in the HBO version of Supernatural, they think he murdered his girlfriend.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it's kind of, like, how when you're in a point where you don't have autonomy, a coping method is to either pretend you do then, like Dean, pretend that this is his choice or to do what Sam does in pretending that he can immediately go back to that yeah so to me it feels like two people who don't have choices who are so limited and hurt by those around them and the situation who then have to kind of put that positivity somewhere or else it's hopeless I'm getting so emotional
1: (laughs) I also, like, have to say, too, like, living in this world sounds stressful. Because for the most part, like, when they're hunting these monsters, the world at large doesn't know these exist. Mm-hmm. Like, in and, and usually they will solve the issue without anyone in town knowing. Like, I couldn't go back. Like, I also kind of see from Dean's standpoint, like, there's these things out there killing people. Mm-hmm. You're the only one who can do anything about it. Could be hard to, like... Literally just turn a blind eye to that, even though it shouldn't be your responsibility.
2: I love the morality in this universe because there is a big debate um, between Dean and Sam whether because they know about it, it's their responsibility, or when Sam's like, no, this would happen regardless. Someone else will figure out what to do. Like, this isn't on us. So I love the moral debate within this entire series of the monsters of mankind. What responsibility do individuals take in that?
0: And to what degree are you guilty mm-hmm. yourself if you choose to have your own life outside yeah. of it? Which kind of reminds me of the conversation they had at the end of episode thirteen, Route Six 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 A little bit. Yeah. Because Sam is suggesting that Dean wants mm-hmm. something other than this. And, you know, he he deflects as he does. Mm-hmm. Or what? It, actually I think he flat out does not answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Falls asleep, right? Is that With the, the one? Sunglasses yeah, was, yeah. on yep. the
0: sunglasses. Yeah, he puts on the sunglasses. We're hiding from having to mm-hmm. have our emotions read and be exposed. But I was also kind of reminded of um, that episode, too, because of the way that the conversation is sort of concluded between Dean and Sam on the topic of what's going to happen after they kill the demon. It really reminded me, and not in a gross way, just to throw that out there but it really reminded me of cassie breaking up with dean again at the end of route 666 because you know they're both sort of like realistically Mm -hmm. things there it's just not going to go back to how it was and dean is like it could be (laughs) it could and as sort of his you know as sort of his response to cassie in that episode too is like i'll be back Mm. we could figure it out but it's sort of i don't know the
2: tone is very pathetic
1: (laughs) yes absolutely
2: it reminds me of another quarantine tv show and book um that's fantastic the irish show normal people i haven't seen that oh it is fucking heartbreaking but it's so good and it's about two people and like if they can find the time to be right for each other and like kind of having to find yourself in that and i think obviously not in a romantic way but dean and sam are dealing with the same things because they have very different ones in life that will take them very different places if they accomplish this and yeah. sometimes there is no resolution of connection or finding a compromise sometimes there's just not yeah yeah oh No. Yeah, if you want a good cry every episode, go to that show. Jesus. Oh, it is it nothing that you'd expect in the first episode. It just keeps evolving.
1: Well, speaking of good cry, are we ready to talk about when they do finally get back from Meg getting yeeted out a window?
0: yeah put, she really did get tossed out that window huh eat that bee <laughs> well and oh like i did like
1: though when she died they put her in like the most ethereal oh pretty like
2: uh, just fell out yeah. a window uh. right i just fainted <laughs> me and my womanly wiles right
1: <laughs> but yeah we finally for the first time outside of flashback see john
0: papa winchester Comes out of the shadows
1: and
2: into the light.
1: Into the light before they get blasted by light. Mm
2: -hmm. I do just have one note. Of course he drives a little dick truck. Okay. I want that truck though. (gasps) That truck is for lesbians and I'm offended
0: that John has
2: it. (laughs) Lesbians and men who overcompensate. Those are the two categories.
0: Men with small dicks wish they were lesbians, honestly. That is- Hell
1: yeah
2: probably very true just saying
1: so this scene as a first-time viewer really uh, did not turn me on to john as a father
0: yeah Uh, yeah circling back to Mm -hmm. this yeah i find myself particularly enraged watching this scene having watched the whole series Mm -hmm. and just you know reflecting back on what i know and and In this moment, when he comes out, it's clear that he found them and not the other way around. Which leads me to believe that he's sort of known where they were for a while. You know, and and so that means, you know, he's known where they were and he was just flat out not fucking checking up on them. Even, even... When his oldest child was going to die, he doesn't appear. He never shows up or checks in or anything in episode 12. It just makes me so mad. I'm like, what kind of fucking father? Mm. I don't even, like, you could call.
1: Well, they've already established that he he knows where they've been in the Poltergeist episode. Mm. He literally was there in Missouri's house. Mm Mm-hmm yeah and like did not make any effort to
2: you know he microchip them as kids <laughs> you know he this yeah. motherfucker knows the entire time where they are well
1: and here's the thing too as an audience do you th- the when they say yes sir i understand as children if they're put into these dangerous situations which they shouldn't be have been in <laughs> any ways they have not said that they were hunting as children but i'm just going to assume uh-huh. um When you're in a life-threatening situation, like, you have to be able to take orders. Like, I get that. But when it's just a reunion with your father. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. very unbecoming. I do not. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah. Unbecoming uh, as a reflection on John. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. I agree and I think like the fact that they're in this intense emotional situation Mm -hmm. already they're they're already going to be relying on instinctual and like rote sort of behaviors and Mm -hmm. the fact that they're leaning on things that they know how to do without thinking Mm -hmm. and what comes out is this yes sir is very uncomfortable
1: and I do um, do like kind of with this scene too, how we got the dynamics with the brothers relationships with the yeah, dad because yeah. we're kind of expecting this build up like we literally get like Dean almost in tears like calling his dad on the phone mm-hmm. when they're yeah. in California I want to say um, and so you're expecting this like large build for this big emotional moment from Dean when he sees his dad. But it's actually Sam that we get that more meaningful interaction when yeah. they do finally.
0: Well, it's more it's more tense. Like yeah. I had mentioned earlier, the last time they spoke in person was when Sam left to go to college and they had the really big fight. So, yeah, I think like the biggest mm-hmm. thing is like the physical contact.
1: Yes. And
0: yeah, there's the, the
2: hug yeah. that mm-hmm. Dean gives and then Sam does not. And I thought this scene is so indicative of how John sees his own role as a father. Mm -hmm. um, As he, I'm assuming he thinks he's not a bad dad. No. Um, I'm assuming he thinks like, this is how you raise kids and you raise them in a way that's kind of more like militant. Is that a word? Militant. 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 I need more coffee. Um, (laughs) And especially with the end decision and the dad having been separated i don't think he thinks he's doing bad things at all i think he thinks that they are kind of on a mission all of them to kill this thing that they've been hunting for decades and so to him like his purpose and his purpose in their relationships is to stay away so that he can go get it you know my mom said something really
0: similar to, to that and i thought it was really smart she compared John to Sarah Connor the same mm. kind of oh yeah yeah absolutely. yeah I was like your mind I <laughs> no, literally your mama
1: Jasper, that's awesome yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely see that parallel there um, I do also think it's kind of interesting that Dean is the one who agrees to let John go.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna correct you. It's Dean's idea, yes. and you can tell from John's expression that he hadn't thought of it mm-hmm. until Dean said it. Yeah. And he actually kind of disagrees at first. He's like, "Oh well, you're hurt."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's super depressing mm-hmm. in that moment that Dean is being like the responsible one.
1: I will say they did actually get me with that little curve at the end when Meg came back with the demons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have that big crashing noise. I was not expecting it. It is the first time the show has like swerved me like that. Yeah. I knew it wasn't the last time we were going to see Meg. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect it so soon.
2: Right. Yeah. I jumped and screamed. <laughs> <laughs> and Allie's
0: seen this before. So, so. many times. Oh, there was one more thing that I wanted to Mm. say about the Dean and John dynamic, which was that um, when they were still being held captive by Meg, Mm -hmm. it is devastating how certain Dean is that John would not come to save them. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Ugh also i did like how the episode set it up itself up to where dean was like all i want is for us to be together again as mm-hmm. a family and sam's like well, about you know might not be feasible mm-hmm. you'll always have me but i may not be there but in the end it's sam who's like you know i want us to be together yeah
0: that scene is really interesting 'Cause Dean it sacrifices everything that he wants mm-hmm. yeah. in order to keep both his brother and his father safe. Mm-hmm.
1: Or Sam may not have been willing to make that same sacrifice. No.
0: And I wonder I wonder about that moment with him. Part of it is body language. Right, he's very aggressive Mm -hmm. and assertive with his body language. The way he's like holding John's shoulder Mm -hmm. in that moment. True. I wonder if his desire to stay together is anything like Dean's. Like, is it about being together as a family and just Mm -hmm. having seen John and for the first time in years realizing that he wants him there Mm -hmm. or is it this this desperation to push towards the end goal and thinking strategically that it would be better if they were together
1: i i totally agree i I
0: wonder i i don't know which it is
1: (laughs) so i had like the same thought just going on the context clues and what the episode fed us I think at that point, it leads me to believe maybe it was not wanting in the moment to lose that family, but also then knowing Sam's character and how they've set his character up. He does really want this to be over. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It's a thinker.
0: It's kind of both, you know? Yeah. So the last thing that I wanted to talk about was this scene where the Davas come back Yeah. And they're all like on the ground being attacked, and Sam gets the flare, and that's what saves them. And I was wondering what you guys, and I I don't have any answers to this, obviously, but what you guys thought about the thematic implications of light being a saving force here, where light throughout the episode has been not just literal light, but also revelation and truth, and the fact that it's Sam who is the one who delivers the light in this moment. Do we think that that's saying something about Sam being a savior or Sam needing to reveal some kind of truth or what are, how are we feeling about that moment? Because it was a big, it's a big moment when the, you know, the name of the episode is Shadow.
1: So yes, um, this episode is very metaphorical in that way. I don't know how successfully the episode actually Mm. does it. But we get so many points, yes, where the truth comes out. We see it, I think, the first time with Meg kind of airing out all of the drama from the Scarecrow episode. And then any conversation that Dean and Sam has had with each other has been very direct. This episode and not like a hurt feelings conversation. Right. Right. And then we finally see John, who literally comes out of a shadow, turns around (laughs) like the fucking Batman, (laughs) like the first time we see him. So I do feel like they are trying to do something with the metaphor of like light kind of Mm -hmm. banishing the shadows. But I'm trying to think what that metaphor could be, if I'm being honest. The only thing I can kind of grasp Is there could be an accepting of like his role in that's how I took
2: it is like becoming a part of it. It's the first time and like showing his dad that he is actively Mm -hmm. becoming part of.
1: And he he saved his dad yeah as well. So that's another thing is like accepting him not only as like maybe a savior like who's killing these demons Mm -hmm. because he also had the big demon radar with Meg, Mm -hmm. but also. Kind of as a part of this family, mm-hmm. as well as kind of how I could see that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you can do a lot with light as a metaphor in this part, but that's not how I took it. I took it as part of the family. And if you're looking for a metaphor that like passing of the torch. Oh, very literal once yes. again, yes.
0: especially when passing of the torch was literally explored in Scarecrow, mm-hmm. which has a lot of parallels to this episode. Yes,
1: It's so hard with this show because sometimes it's so smart, but sometimes it just seems really (laughs) stupid. Yeah. So it's like, are we supposed to read into this? Are we supposed to take this literally? It can be so difficult.
0: Yeah. And I think it's interesting how, like, as episodes go on, depending on who's writing, you know, you can go back and even the moments Mm -hmm. that felt like they were kind of stupid and haphazard have meaning later on.
1: Yes.
2: I agree. And I think overall, there is a lot of intention. I do feel like sometimes it's like scattering pebbles, and there's a mosaic. Sometimes you think parts of it look pretty. Is it on purpose? You just threw some fucking stones on the ground? No.
0: Yeah, there's, I mean, there's not a whole lot of certainty in that mm-hmm. regard. And I think that's fine. But I'm going to read everything that is in the final product as intentional because we because we have no way of knowing so we can only assume that is that it's intentional if it didn't get cut out
1: especially if it's written by eric kripke Mm -hmm. because this is like his writing room yeah so like there better be intention
2: (laughs) I don't always read it as intentional but I don't think I care whether it's intentional or not yeah I I, I guess that's what what the finished product that's what I'm trying
0: to say yeah
2: and what we can take away so I think to me I don't always see intention but I'm okay with that right I don't think it takes away from the piece that's made Um, I do think some points, um, Cough Cough Bugs, Cough Cough Wendigo, Cough Cough Half the Episodes of First Season, (laughs) if they had more intention, it would make an even better product. But I do think there is some there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, speaking of intention, do we want to read something that actually was made with intention? Oh. <laughs> For sure.
2: My fucking God. We have a lot of faith in this fanfic. We don't know what it yeah, is.
0: Yeah, like, you don't know what I'm about to pull up. Like, this could have all con- I don't even know what I'm about to pull up. Let's be honest. The
2: Omega. This is the... Oh, no. What was the one? That's like the loner of the werewolves. That's new. The Sigma. The Sigma. Oh. Jasper went Sigma first. Oh
0: god. I'm sorry, this is another really
2: ridiculous one. (laughs) I apologize for what I am about to do (laughs) to your brains. I don't know if I accept it, I'll tell you after. (laughs)
0: This fic is called Making a Salad in Your Pants.
1: Oh.
2: (laughs) My father is calling. If this thing fucking answers the call and that's the first word he hears, I'm rejecting this. Making a salad in my (laughs) pants. In your pants. Oh. Um, It's by
0: Quizzle. That's Q-Z-I-L. Summary. Sam is accidentally hit with a witch's curse that transforms his penis into a carrot. Meg's more than eager to see what it can do I apologize
1: (laughs) oh well don't worry about my brain you're just throwing gravy on mashed potatoes so
0: (laughs) uh yeah so this is a Meg Sam fic and I will say that I have no interest in shipping them together
1: if you're really that curious about what a carrot can do there's 60 cents at the grocery store so what's stopping you yeah true
0: good point Jordan Anyway, it's tagged witch curses, vegetable penis, carrots, (laughs) vaginal sex. I kind of
1: want to go back to that vegetable (laughs) penis tag and see how many tags there are for that specific.
0: Within Supernatural or just in general?
1: Ooh, I've never thought about.
0: All right, I'm going (sighs) to click it.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy, this is a journey.
0: Wow. It's literally (laughs) just this one. Wow. (sighs) Thank God.
1: This is a truly creative mind.
2: True. This is a diamond in the rough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Creative, yes. (laughs) Diamond in the rough, yet to be seen, I will not see.
1: You know, all diamonds. We're all neurodivergent
2: here. Let me just throw this out there. I was being sarcastic. (laughs) 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 I know you were, but letting that stand hurts me a little. (laughs) That's fair. I can't remember uh, how I got
0: to that one, so I apologize for everyone's ears.
2: I just love that this is Jasper, who... At 3 a.m., will send like literary argument paragraphs over text, and then chooses a fucking
1: carrot. Sam's
2: dick. dick is a carrot. Yeah.
1: Well, we've not seen his dick. Maybe his dick is a carrot. We care We don't know what's going on. In Supernatural. Yeah, true.
0: I if just... we go by the um the way that some anti Dean cast people mm-hmm. analyze this work, um, then. You know, we are not... We can't be certain of anything we are not shown on screen. Mm -hmm. I have never seen Sam's penis. Therefore, I cannot be certain that it is not a carrot.
1: Maybe his dick's a carrot and his balls are two radishes. We don't know.
2: Wow. All right. That was not a sentence that I (laughs) wanted to hear. I just don't like this because what you do with carrots, you bite them with your back teeth. Yes. And you shave them with a peeler. I don't like either of these images.
1: Why why are you creating them then?
2: My brain just automatically. I'm a very visual person and you say it and then I'm like, oh, God, no.
1: Do we want to rate the episode?
2: Let's rate the episode.
1: Mm. You know, there were some gross things in this episode. Extremely. Extremely gross. But I did like the relationship between the characters and there was a lot of story payoff here, which was pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give this... 3 out of 5 makes through a window.
2: (laughs) That's funny. We agree on a lot of things in this because I'll also give it 3 out of 5 because, yeah, I agree like content-wise, there was some good stuff. Content-wise, there was really shitty stuff. Um, I'm glad we saw Papa Winchester again. Don't say Papa Winchester. Oh, that's the only thing I write in my notes, is Papa Winchester. I
0: hate that because that makes him sound like some kind of nice actually
2: paternal yeah, figure. sperm donor
1: Winchester.
2: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so I will give this episode three out of five slightly misshapen carrot dicks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why do you assume it's slightly misshapen, Allie?
2: I imagine it like those funky carrots you pull from your back garden.
1: you spent a lot of time imagining these <laughs> like, carrots. Like,
0: brain, I, I just want to add that usually the funky carrots you pull out of your back garden are like the size
2: of a thumb. Yes. And like twisted and gnarly. Oh, okay. So you were aware of that. You're just like, yes, I imagine that Sam's
0: dick is twisted, gnarly, and the
2: size of a thumb.
1: So what you're saying is it has girth.
2: Stop! (laughs) (laughs) I want to die slightly more now. (laughs) What about
1: you, Jasper? What do you rate this episode?
0: I think three and a half. I'm gonna uh, do a 3.5 here. Mm. 3.5 gay celebrity crushes out of five.
1: Gotta like that CMM, get it Dean, Chad Michael Murray.
0: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) thank you for clarifying. (laughs) I don't refer to people with
2: acronyms. So I was like, what the fuck are you saying? (laughs) Oh, Jeffrey D. Morgan, my notes, is always JDM. He's the only one that I refer to as that. Or Papa Winchester. See, so now you're telling us that you lied, actually. I know I did. I'm sorry. Actor-wise, JDM. Character-wise, Papa Winchester.
1: Allie's nose is like a foot long right now. (laughs) Longer than a carrot penis. No!
2: We already established the size of a thumb!
0: (laughs) Anyway... Yeah, no, I mean, there's, like, good things and bad things about this episode. Mm -hmm. I think the sexual assault and, like, attacks on Sam's agency Mm -hmm. directly are really not necessary. And they're gross and a little bit triggering, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is a lot of content to like here. Mm -hmm. Lots of really complex character interactions. Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhart, and special thanks to Sophia London for our logo. Contact us on Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at OTRSupernatural, or by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Richardson, Texas. Bye. Bye. Bye.